Welcome to the Property Voice Podcast, helping you to navigate safely through the world of property investing. Get the lowdown and updates, insights and outcomes on all matters property with a splash of entertainment along the way. The Property Voice, a voice to trust among the crowd. Now, let's get started with your host, Richard Brown. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Property Voice Podcast. My name is Richard Brown, and as always, it's a pleasure to have you join me again on the show today. Well, today is the second part of the two-parter that Helen Pollock and I uh, started, obviously, last week. So we've been talking about content creation and content sharing, which is going to be relevant if you, you know, desire in any way to connect with people in this modern world, this modern age. Perhaps they're investors, perhaps they're clients, for example. Um, you know, just just really reaching out and connecting with people, whether it's just on social media posts or it's it's more long form uh, sharing like blog posts, uh, even a podcast or a video or, or even writing your own book. So hopefully the first part was a generic conversation. You got some value out of that. Today, we're going to do something a little bit different. I'm going to put myself a little bit out of my comfort zone. Uh, I turn the tables a little bit and allow Helen really to give me uh, a bit of a grilling. No, that's not true. But you know, a coaching session, really. Um, I've got a book project in, in the pipeline and I just asked, why don't you do a little bit of live coaching with me? I've uh, got some good value out of that. Um, it's a snapshot of perhaps how Helen goes about things. A bit unfair because she does it in a much more, in a longer form format with gaps in between and all sorts of things. So, um, But you're going to get a flavour really of perhaps how to go through things. And if you've got something like a book project or even like a blog post or a video, a vlog post, the, some of what we talked about is surely going to help you. So I'm just going to set it up. We're going to have the conversation and I'll be back at the end to wrap up and tell you perhaps a little bit more about what Helen does, how you can get in touch with her and, and maybe hopefully give you some inspiration about some of your own content sharing and creation over the weeks ahead. Thanks a lot. Hi again, Helen. Hi, Richard. This is part two. We just finished recording part one so there may be a gap between listening to part one and part two you may join us in part two and not have heard part one but in part one of this particular chat we were talking about content creation content sharing all the good stuff around that um there were some really good things that came out of this that discussion so thanks helen for your wisdom in that sense uh, suggest if you haven't watched part one maybe you should go and watch part one and in part two i'm perhaps going to put myself in a bit of an uncomfortable position um I've been reading a lot about um, you know, growth mindset and um, you know getting out of our comfort zone. So I'm going to do that right now because I'm going to flip the tables around and I'm going to give you permission to take me through a coaching session, um, which I believe you're pretty good at doing. Um, <laughs> and I'm just going to be the guinea pig or in the hot seat or whatever you want to call it and let you just drive me around a specific part of my content creation um, program or agenda. Um, I'll let you take over if you like. Would that be fair enough? Is that okay? That sounds good to me. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I think the way to approach this is going to be as if this were the initial coaching session with somebody um, who's kind of signed up for the programme. And obviously in that first session, what we need to work out is where are we now? and um and what what are your aims and then um we can work out how we can achieve those so so i guess the first thing we need to know is who is this content aimed at okay that was a bit of the first question 
<laughs> who is the content aimed at? Okay, so uh, put a bit of context around it. I'm, I'm slightly different because I already have some content and you know, um, I'm sharing content quite regularly and have been for some time. So um, this is it essentially. So this is a book I wrote four or five years ago, uh, Property Investor Toolkit. And um, it, I've got it in my bookshelf. Oh, fantastic. Great. It's, it's a handy little guide and um, it's still selling at the moment. And it's, you know, just, it's a fairly short book, as you can probably see. Mm. Um, but it's, it's got lots of external links and, you know, additional bonuses and resources. Um, but it could do with a bit of an update. So, um, so I, I decided I wanted to update the Property Investor Toolkit. I want to add a couple of chapters, which um, I think would be beneficial to include in that. Um, yeah. But to answer your specific question, who is it aimed at? So the Property Investor Toolkit is primarily aimed at um, new and aspiring or early stage property investors. Yeah. So it's, um, if you haven't yet got your first investment um, or you, you perhaps have got one, maybe two or three, and are looking to sort of progress up the sort of property ladder, so to speak, um, so it's still, you know, either be, you know before you've started or just after you started, that kind of thing. So we're not talking about people becoming a full-time property developer. We're not talking about people becoming a deal sourcer. We're talking about investors uh, either looking to begin or um, have have made a bit of a start and just want to go on a little bit further to the next level. Yeah, brilliant. Um, and I yeah. So and that was exactly the you know, where I was when I bought that book uh some years ago now so it was it was brilliant um but having said that i can see that we're in a quite a different context now things have you know the market conditions have definitely changed quite a lot so i can see why you would want to update it a bit um so where does it fit into your goals personally and professionally yeah, that's a good question. So I guess, first of all, my purpose, you know, to start there is uh, I think my overall purpose is to is to share, share my knowledge with people to help them progress in their journey. Um, if I wasn't doing this, I might be a teacher, for example, or something like that. I think it's just something that I consistently do. Um, so it's part of my overall purpose. That's for a start. The second thing is when I started out in property myself, uh, few years ago now uh i was doing i was trying to do some research rather and um to be honest with you um it, it was a bit different back then to be fair um but there was um, a lot of information out there but it was difficult to assim assimilate and assemble in a in a simple format it, certainly in a way that was um legal <laughs> first of all um, so, you know, I think, I think it's a case of um, trying to just simplify the message, condense it into, you know, what I call realistic, you know, down-to-earth, practical guide so that people can just follow, you know, pick up something and follow it. I actually had someone recently, still someone bought the book, and they said, I'm going to keep it next to my desk because it's almost like a Bible to refer to. That would be that's the intention. So that and, – and why do I want to do that? Well, what, so one is to give – but the, the get part of it is some of those people might want a little bit of extra support um, beyond just reading a book. So I'm writing the book so they can just run with it on their own. They do, they're not you know, hooked into me. I don't, you know, reveal, I don't withhold any secrets. Um, you know, it's all there. But you know, perhaps there are other benefits people might uh, want to have, such as 
you know, having a bit of support and accountability, having a bit of guidance from somebody who's been there and done it, who can help de-risk their journey, help them make a good decision, not necessarily a bad decision, as they're starting out or as they're at the early stages. So I do offer some, some mentoring um, services for a limited number of people or a small number of people. Um, and so some of those people who read the book might go on perhaps to ask, you know, to do that sort of thing. I also have a secondary service which is called Property Deal Tips. Yeah. It's a, it's a fairly low-cost subscription service. Um, these are on-market deals, transactions, property deals, which um, I don't charge a fee for. They're just there on the open market. They're all capable of achieving a 10% return on investment or more. Um, it covers buy-to-let, um, buy-refurbished refinance, and flips. So it's just it's a subscription service which can help those sort of people to narrow down relatively good income generating or profit generating opportunities. So that's, that would be the get. So I would give the content um, and in return, perhaps for some of those people where it's relevant, perhaps a bit of mentoring, perhaps a bit of the deal tip service would be where I'd probably take that. Um, so that's the, that's the goals in general speaking. So they're the objective rather than the goals. I know you said goals. So I haven't attached numbers and dates to that, but um, to, I, I could and I do have it, but probably not going to share it in this format. Yeah, no problem. That's that's great. So um, once you have those things, I guess um, when we're talking of, if we go back to that first point of, about who it's aimed at, so it's new and aspiring property investors. So we would at this point, I, you know, start to create a complete avatar a reader avatar um and one of the things that we would be thinking about is what format would this person want the information in and um i always um again one of the very first things that i ask um particularly you know, book coaching clients to do is to complete customer research and competitor research um, and so if you have an audience already you know, ask them what what format do you would you like this to be in and that you know it could be a long form book it could be a short form series of short form books or workbooks even you know do they want it to be on like audible and as an audio book uh you know what um what as an ebook as a something that's printed on paper how how do they want that book so do you have any any ideas about that right now or so well there's maybe two halves to that one is the avatar itself right um and then the other one is the format so um shall i just start with the avatar side of it maybe yes let's uh let's go into that well, okay so i've got perhaps a couple of different avatars um so the first one would be um, typically, I don't know why I've actually said this is male, but 32 to 40, age 32 to 40, the, the, the old term would be yuppie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if what the modern equivalent is, but basically, you know, someone who is, you know, aspirational, perhaps on a career path and is starting to think about uh, either income replacement or retirement. Mm -hmm. um, and maybe helping other people along the way. So 32 to 40, probably, but not exclusively male, actually. 
probably a homeowner. Um, they may have a, a couple of investments already, actually, zero to three. Um, and, you know, they want to maybe achieve something in the order of uh, 1000 to 5000 a month in income replacement within five to 10 years. So um, they're also interested in things like legacy. Um, they want a bit of hand-holding to de-risk um, their um, decision-making, if you like. They might be into things like health, uh, finance, you know, personal finance, uh, personal development, um, you know, that sort of thing. I've got, I've got even, you know, some clues as to what kind of stores they might shop in and cars they might drive. But that would be one example there. Um, yeah. And then similarly, I've got a, a, what I call a second stage of lifer. <laughs> I don't know if this is a proper way to describe it, these people, but um, that might be a little, little perhaps female, 38 to 48, um, maybe just haven't, haven't got any properties yet or maybe got one. Again, um, you know, income today might be important to that person, you know, one to 3,000 a month and uh, maybe lacking a bit of confidence uh, would be one of the biggest sort of pain points that you talk, talked about in our first conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's certainly, you know, maybe looking out for other people, maybe it's children, you know, for example. Uh, so that, that's just a couple of examples. I've got some other ones, but um, maybe just that, that would be the sorts of people. So that, that yuppie or the second stage of life, uh, that maybe I should come up with a different description, but I kind of know what that then looks like. So, you know, one's, one's a little bit younger, one's male, one's female. Um, so if I start to think about where they might hang out, uh, mm-hmm. what, what information they might read, uh, so not necessarily read, but uh, how they might consume information, they, they may be slightly different, actually. So um, I guess there's a bias because I have uh, an existing audience which is predominantly built up through either my podcasts or my written material. So um, the bias being that people have listened to my podcast, so like audio content, uh, or have read my books and my magazine articles and therefore like written content. um, So I haven't really tested... um, other media formats too much but my initial thought process which i think i've just taken a one one takeaway already actually is for me to test and yeah. you said so but my so something i would like to test is the idea of having a series in rather than having just this book yeah. is to make a mini series of more short form um you know three thousand word type um articles uh, not articles um mini books yeah and to also convert those into audiobook format um i think that's likely to resonate with my existing audience um already a bit of a crossover especially i haven't got this book in uh, audiobook format um so that would be a good thing just to do that and then so that's kind of building on what i already have um I haven't really thought too much about taking it beyond those sorts of media formats. And that's quite stimulating that you've asked me that question, actually. Mm. Well, so, yeah, as, as we've, we've kind of said in, in part one, um, people tend for a variety of reasons to enjoy consuming information in, in different ways. 
um, it's quite a personal thing. So, so yeah, if the book isn't available in audio format at the moment, then you will undoubtedly be missing out on on you know a part of an audience that you could be tapping into and sharing your knowledge with. Um, I like the thought of um, the, kind of these short form books. Um, I think when you're teaching people something, which you effectively are um, in, you know, in this book, you can, if you can showcase the theory and then move on to kind of practical exercises that are relevant to them, then that's, you know, that's going to be a, a really powerful way of, of getting that information across. Cause I think, you know, fundamentally, um, that's how we learn. Most people learn best, I think, by actually applying the knowledge to their own circumstances. So, yeah, I think that'll be good. So that's, that's already given me some extra things to think about. So appreciate that. That's all right. No worries. So I guess then kind of fast forwarding <laughs> somewhat, because I would have sent you off um, to do your research. Okay research your competitor research looking at what other similar books in your sector um you know what 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 did reviewers on amazon say enjoy about those books and of the you know the look at the five star reviews look at the one star reviews and see you know what did people not like um uh, and are there any opportunities for you to create a better book that addresses some of those gaps I mean, to be fair, I, I think um, there are there are a heck of a lot of badly written property books. So I think it's often simple stuff like spelling and grammar. People are like, "Oh God, it was written so badly. It was awful." But anyway, um, but you know what we were what we would really like to identify is gaps in the knowledge, the gaps in the content. Sure. I think that's, first of all, by the way, that, that in itself is interesting because um, as someone who actually had to have extra English uh, lessons at school, I don't have perfect grammar. Um, and, and so for me, it was already a feat that I write at all, actually. Mm. Um, you know, so I, I kind of perhaps had a bit of a self-image issue as a result of what happened in my long ago school days. Uh, and yet I managed to write a book some 30 years later. Um, so it probably does have the odd typo or grammatical error. But what you've just uh, flagged to me is perhaps the, the importance of having it proofread. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I think I really want people to feel that they can do this. They can write a book. But just think of all those you know, celebrities who um, ostensibly have books to their name. Are they all great writers? No, they're not. Some of them um, will undoubtedly have used ghostwriters, and that's fair enough. You know, you might not have the time, you might not have the writing ability, you might not have the confidence. Um, or um, they've just got damn good editors. Yeah. So it is important that, because I, 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 having looked at things like personality profiles, I know that certain people get really switched off with errors and grammatical points. So I think you can try and keep them on board just by doing a simple proofread or have them had it edited. So that's, that's again, a good tip. 
Um, I'm not, you know, I am not God's gift to to proofreading and and editing myself. I'm I'm more of a kind of creative writer. I do, um, I can't help myself. Uh, but pick up you know some areas when I'm reviewing client copy but it is you know quite a a specialist skill set and I would never say uh, oh you know if I proofread well I I wouldn't ever say I I will proofread your manuscript Um, because as I say it's a quite specialist skill set um, and then editing is is kind of a bit different Um, editors are the red pen people who who will not only pick up on spelling and grammar errors but actually it's for them it's more about structure um, and tone and consistency and and a coherent story that Mm -hmm. sort of thing and that's Mm -hmm. something that I help my clients with as a matter of course that's kind of my job really as a as a book coach is to um is to help with structure which kind of leads quite nicely on <laughs> uh, if, if we are fast forwarding um, to it might be useful to pick a pick a chapter or um, or one of these short form workbooks and um, just go through how we would look at structuring that. Um, so I like to look at um the basis of this is in the Reuters style guide and it's how they tell their journalists to structure a story but I've added a bit to it because um I think it's important so whenever we're looking to tell a story and this could be like a press release or an article or a blog post or a social media post or even a book um we need to work out who what why when where how and importantly so what Um, and if we can answer all of those questions then that should help us to find the salient points of our story and work out what our story is Um, so once we've done that then we can move on to structuring whatever it is and fundamentally just like um, an essay at school or a presentation um, you know in in the workplace we're going to have an introduction where we're going to tell them what we're going to tell them and then we'll have the main body of the content where we are going to tell them and then we'll have a conclusion where we'll tell them what we told them and then you know in business we're very likely to want to add in a call to action um, of some sort so uh, also a note about structure if we're feeling overwhelmed at the thought of writing a book and it might be interesting for your listeners to know that the average business or non-fiction book is between 30 and 50,000 words so then if we think okay well let's make this for argument's sake 10 chapters one of those will be the introduction one of them will be the conclusion and we've got eight chapters um in in the middle um, where we impart our information. So that's going to be an average of three to 5,000 words per chapter. Well, then we can start to break that down even further and think, okay, well, if I've got to write, you know, 4,000 words, say, in this chapter, and I can break it down into this many um, paragraphs um, or, you know, of this much each-ish, then it just starts to look so much more manageable. 
So, um, I think that's yeah. a really Thank you. Sorry, that, um, I jumped in. But uh, I think um, one to go back to perhaps a little bit, you talked about the research phase. So um, one of the observations I had with the, with the research was uh, I'm fortunate that I had a lot of very positive reviews for my own book. So I've got that learning. Uh, yeah. And the, the, I think there's a couple of negative ones. One person thought it was too short. Um, I can't remember what the other one thought, but um, you know. So, but but most over, you know, most people like not hundreds, but I think in the high tens of reviews were very positive. So that's good. But when I did look at some of the competitors, I noticed a couple of uh, recurring themes. A lot of people were frustrated, perhaps that you know the tell them and then tell them and tell them and tell them and all that stuff. Well, they didn't feel that they got enough, perhaps yeah. from the book. So. Um, I, I, I kind of observed that and thought, well, I want to tell them everything. I don't want to hold anything back. Um, so that, that's something there. So that's just one example of how I perhaps have looked at some of the um, competitive um, reviews and, and also how they position their books uh, as well. The, I think um, to your point about the structure, um, absolutely. I'm fortunate here because I have an existing book, okay? So I think it, I'm trying to look now. So it has how many chapters? It currently has nine chapters. Yeah, nine, uh, which one of which is oh, plus an intro. So that's 10 already. I'm going to add two extra chapters. So it will be 12. Yeah. Um, I think a minimum of two extra chapters. Um, but equally, I think the, the, the story idea is, is probably an area I can improve on with the second edition. Um, you know, and there's lots of ways you can do that as you I'm sure are aware, but I remember recent reading, for example, recently the book called Cure by mm. Joe Marchant. Um, and she started every chapter with literally a personal story. And yeah. she just, she shared, you know, I met such and such and this, and she, she visually described, you know, the environment, the person, etc., to set the scene for that particular chapter. So uh, I'm not saying I will do exactly that, but I thought that was a really neat way to introduce someone to that particular element in her book. So I think the storytelling piece is a bit I can probably improve on um, in the second edition. So that's really good, really good advice. Thank you. Well, I've, I've worked with um, you know, several different property clients now, and I can tell you um, that one of the biggest gripes when people bought a property book was um there isn't enough actual you know depth of actionable information in here because they're trying to flog me their course that was like top of the list um and but i know obviously that's that does not apply to you well i mean i have have services helen so um there's a temptation to hold something back, but I don't have a training course. Um, so I have mentoring, um, but I, I actually believe it's the opposite. So if I can showcase and give away as much as possible in the book that they could actually run with it themselves, um, people might still choose to contact me because I'll be able to showcase my knowledge and what they're going to get through maybe, uh, let's say, mentoring support, something different. You know, yeah. they're going to get the benefit of my experience to sit alongside them. I call it, you know, I'm navigating whilst they drive, for example. 
So they're still driving the car, but I'm just a navigator now. Whereas if you imagine trying to drive the car and read the book at the same time, you're probably going to crash. So, uh, <laughs> so I, I don't want to hold things back. Um, and in fact, I, in a way, I want to do the opposite. I want to show, include as much as possible, give as many resources as possible so they can actually go and do it themselves if yeah. that's what they'd like to do. Absolutely. So, um, yeah, I, I, I wanted to share that, not not because I think you're guilty of this, because I, absolutely I don't. I've read your books. I know you give so much. Um, but, yeah, that's the, 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 that is what a lot of property books are, is kind of thinly veiled sales material for training courses. And, yeah, don't, be, don't treat your readers like mugs. It's so transparent. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't think that's a good idea. So you were going to take me down a path of breaking it down, for example. So um, breaking it down into chapters and uh, with the intro, uh, et cetera, or the chapters in my case would be the short form book. Um, mm. Were you going to take me down a path of how to perhaps put the, build that, maybe how I go about writing and the, mm. the format? Not the sort of format. I mean, how I would get from zero to 3,000 words to then thirty to 50,000 words. Were you going to take me down that path? Um, yeah, I mean, it, it does, obviously, it, this is really dependent on, on what you're, exactly what you're doing. Um, but um, if, I, I mean, I don't know, if you're willing to tell me what maybe one of the short books would be about, you see what I mean? Ah, you want something to go on, huh? <laughs> yes. I'm oh. afraid so. So, I mean, I'm, what, I'm on, what finance is, I would imagine. Be... So finance is definitely one of them. So, you know, um, property finance, property investment financing would be one. In fact, actually, it's one that's not in the original. Oh, um, okay, right. So I, talk, I talk about property financials. I talk about property as an investment. I talk about in uh, criteria and calculations. Mm. So I have topics around that topic. But I don't, I don't talk about necessarily buy-to-let mortgages and bridging finance, which I will do in the new book. So finance is a big area of property investment, but it breaks down into a number of sub-sections. Mm. So we take the financing piece that perhaps, were you meaning things like mortgages and things like that? Yeah, absolutely. So, so you know, if this, if this series is aimed at new and aspiring um, property investors, this is going to be really important to them um so i guess it it's so there's going to be an introduction so um why is finance so important and um maybe mm -hmm. going into an overview of some of the ways that you could finance um you know property investments of different types um, then you would want to move into more detail about that, and so perhaps you know you've you've given an overview in this introduction, um, uh, and so there might now be a paragraph for each of those points. So maybe it's like I don't know. And obviously, I'm just I'm not the expert here. Should I, I dive in with that? Just dive in. Oh yeah. So we're talking about convention, conventional property investment here. By that, I mean buy to let and that type of, but maybe it's flips and maybe it's, you know, those sort of rental types of properties rather than 
anything sort of a bit more out there. So typically what you need is you need a deposit uh, funding if you don't have fund, well, funding for the whole property. So you even need enough money to fund the entire project in cash or you need a deposit to combine it with some kind of financing. With financing, you've typically got options like buy-to-let mortgage, you've got bridging finance, uh, you've got a hybrid actually called um, bridge-to-let. Um, so that's a you know, two-stage sort of financing product. And then you've got some, you know, so obviously I mentioned cash, but you've got some variations on a theme, um, like what I call uh, alternative ways to raise money. So you've got things like peer-to-peer lending platforms. Uh, you've also got uh, good old friends and family. Mm. Uh, and then, you know, getting a little bit out there, you've got some joint venture you know, partners who, you know, perhaps you could attract as well. They're the sort of main categories in this area. Uh, off the top of my head there might be a couple of extra ones but they would be the main ones great so then i would um probably you would be looking to write at least a paragraph about each of those different um possibilities um the other thing we're also wanting to do is to try and break up walls of text um and kind of underscore learning by highlighting maybe key facts or something so it might be that at the end of each paragraph where you're you're effectively teaching something um you might have you know a, a kind of key fact or um um a, you know top tip and maybe a top pitfall as well you know for each thing um so you are wanting to impart the information in this tell them section but then you're going to want them to maybe do some sort of an analysis or audit of where they are as part of, as part of the practical section and um it might say something like checklists might be good here um also yeah, so i've got a couple of ideas already there so for example with deposit raising you know, um, I, it could be, a, a, you know, there's a couple of um, steps that you could go through. So you could save, uh, you could generate additional income, you could sell old stuff on eBay and car boots and things like that. You know, just you know, low-hanging fruit ways of uh, starting that process. So, you know, I can maybe keep it simple and go, here's some of the common ways to raise money for a deposit, for example, as a little checklist or a summary. Yeah. Um, and similarly, um, you know, if you're thinking about bridging finance, a lot of people go, bridging finance, scary. Um, so I could talk about the pros and cons of, you know, bridging finance and maybe the cons aren't quite as scary as people think they are. Um, mm. But uh, people think it's expensive. People think these guys are, you know, going to come in and just snatch their property away for no particular reason. Um, it's not it's not the case but um well it's not the case as long as you pay them back you know but uh, <laughs> with any form of financing whether it's a car or a tv or a, or a house um so you know someone's going to come and take it back if you don't pay them back for it yeah and i think yeah. there's um there's also uh, an important opportunity here um for uh book bonuses as well we want to be thinking okay so some of this stuff is going to go in the book but maybe there's things so like a dynamic spreadsheet which you 
you know, are not going to be able to put in a print book, obviously. Um, or maybe it's you, you, you would print a table format in the book where people can sort of add in their own figures and stuff. But if they want a dynamic version, then they need to, um, you know, get in touch with you, give, give you their email address and you'd be able to um, give them that. Sure. I mean, that's something I actually had with the first book anyway, as you will know, um, you know, both of those things. So um, the, there were some tables in there with illustrations, but equally people could get the uh, templates for things like spreadsheets just by writing in. And of course, um, it's not lost on me. Well, it was lost on me until I realised what was happening, that when people were starting to connect with me and going, hey, I've got your book, can I have your spreadsheet, please? But then I knew who they were. And yeah. um, so I, didn't, I wouldn't have known otherwise, would I? They would just yeah. bought the book. Maybe I've never, I'd never have heard of them or, they, you know, again. So it, 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 there was an advantage there. So I stumbled across that, but that, apparently that seems to be quite a thing <laughs> to have people contact you so they can get bonuses and then you, know, you can start a conversation. Absolutely, because that's the great thing about books. Uh, you know, but writing a book is... Uh, um, it's a good way of ensuring that you're you you have a legacy you know of your work because people will often hand on a, a, a physical book to and it will go through several different people over years um but um yeah by the same token then you don't know who's who's read it even if you even if you were to know the person you've sold it to um it, from from that point onwards it, this book might go on a completely different journey and you'll know none of those additional destinations yeah okay so um that's given me some good thought there what what should i be thinking of next so um i guess uh, three to five thousand words is not a massive amount of words actually so um if you're writing a book about property finance so you've you've got your introduction you've then gone into detail about the key points um you might want to also go into um things that people might be wondering about but that actually aren't appropriate for this group so new and aspiring investors so you know, maybe they're interested in HMOs and maybe you're going to need to say, well, actually, as things stand, if you don't have an existing buy-to-let property, then lenders are not going to lend to a first-time HMO landlord. They like to have seen that you've you know, got some experience and understanding of property first before they, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Mm. Um, so yeah, uh, and you might also want to add in some case studies. Um, I think that's again a re it's a powerful way of showing how the theory that you're teaching was used in practice, and it's it's finding that balance. Um, so yeah, so where do those things fit then? Is it we do the kind of imparting of the information, then we do the case study, then we um, ask the reader to go through the tools 
um, and worksheets. And then maybe we end with a conclusion, um, telling them what we told them. Um, yeah, that's probably what I would say. Okay, sounds good. And and and, and as you say, a call to action. Yes. Uh, so the call to action, of course, it was uh, in this case would be the end of every short form book. Yeah. So the end of every three to five thousand words would have a call to action, which is related to that particular theme yeah absolutely um i i guess you you would also you want to be um making sure that people know that you've got a podcast as well you know for regular um property investment information don't forget you know you can sign up to the podcast also this is a series of books so we want to be signposting them to the other books in the series perhaps giving them a reason to get in touch so they can buy a bundle from you directly uh, maybe at a discount or something like that mm-hmm. um or get extra bonuses you know dis- discounts not always the best thing maybe they get something special um maybe if they buy the bundle they get a free half hour coaching session by video with you or something like that or mentoring session. I don't know. Uh, kind of ask me anything half hour session. I don't know. Something like that. Um, if they sign up for the whole bundle. So, yeah. I'm making notes as we, we, as you're talking, that's why I'm looking over here, which is where my pad is. Um, wasn't reading the news or anything. Okay. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I mean, I think um, obviously with the information that I that, that we you know I have and and in this particular context, it's it's not exactly how it would be um, in a in a in a genuine um, kind of coaching session, but um, hopefully that's that's been helpful. It has been helpful. It's been really good. And I was just, you know, sorry if it's my particular situation is um, maybe taking us down a certain path. But I think I think you did say something. Well, it was in this call of the previous call about you know effectively starting where that person is in you know having the fact find. Uh, now it just so happens I've I've written a book, I've got an audience, um, and I know kind of what I want to write and who for sort of thing. So you would if people weren't clear on that you'd take them in more detail wouldn't you through those initial steps um, yeah funnily enough as when i started offering the book coaching service i assumed that people would be coming to me and they wouldn't have written anything they wouldn't have put, put pen to paper it, it, you know it was an idea of something they wanted to do but the reality has not been that <laughs> so um I, yeah there's um uh, a lady um, called uh, Bronwyn Vernkam, who I've, I've coached to write a book about property investment, which will be out at the end of this month. And um, she had already written nearly a third of a book by the time she came to me. And I really undenied about, um, you know, gosh, is she, is she going to get much value from the book coaching program because she's quite far in? And yes, she did. <laughs> she absolutely did. And she said to me, Helen, you need to make sure that people know that it, you're, you're not, your service doesn't just work for people who haven't put pen to paper yet. It, it, you know, if you're, if you started writing and you're stuck, 
you know, you, you, you have done a brilliant job for me and it absolutely works for that scenario too. So, so I, you know, I wasn't expecting that. Um, That's nice. That's cool. I mean, so great. I think, um, I don't know if there's more you wanted to add particularly. Um, I don't think so. I think I've, I've kind of, I've gone as far as I can in this scenario. So, um, but if you I, think, I think I'm, I mean, I already had some ideas, obviously, and you've helped really give me some, you know, insights into some extras. Um, I know that I know because I joined your book challenge recently that you often recommend, you know, bit by bit, right, you know, scheduling time to write type of thing with people. I'm um, not kind of like that in my style, but I booked a weekend, I, I reserved a weekend that I'm going to go and hit this. Um, you know, hard, if you like, to sort of break the back of this, this, this updated book. So I've already kind of earmarked it in my diary. I'm going to do that. Um, it's a kind of a retreat. Uh, what I do is I go on my own to a nice place. And I, it's, it's kind of crazy because I won't eat unless I've done certain activities for my book. <laughs> I reward myself, but I reward myself with eating nice food and a bit of wine um, but I won't allow myself to do it unless I've achieved certain objectives. So I could go, I could go home at the end of the weekend very hungry <laughs> or very, very full. So um, <laughs> I'm looking forward to that. That's my personal style. And I know uh, somebody else who was on the same call uh, has taken up four hours from 4 a.m. in the morning one day a week yeah. um, as a preferred style. But I think the most important thing is to put some time away, whether you're a bit-by-bit person, an hour-a-day type, or whether you're a four hours per week or a, a weekend every now and again type of person. And I, I know what kind of person I tend to be. Um, so I'll certainly break the back of it with the weekend, but I know I need to, you know, just spend more time outside of that too. And when I write my articles for YPN magazine, for example, which are roughly 14, 1500 words a piece, uh, they're normally done within two hours, um, mm-hmm. unless I'm doing a lot of research. Um, if I'm doing research, it's, it's longer. Yes. Um, but uh, if I'm kind of just talking, um, and if I do a podcast episode, it might be 3,000 words per episode, uh, which can be covered off in half an hour to 45 minutes. So Yeah, it's, it's funny, isn't it? But I, I guess the good thing about if you're writing a business or non-fiction book, then usually it's something we know what we're writing about. So it's not like fiction where we're having to think about plot and character development and story arcs and all that kind of stuff so that means that we can write it faster but it is important whichever way works for you whether it's you know if like you you need to schedule off a couple of days or whatever and um, to really break the back of it um or whether you're someone who needs to schedule in a day uh, sorry an hour a week or a, a day a week or whatever it is um schedule it in because if you if it's just on your to-do list it tends to just go right down to the bottom and not ever get done it's not the urgent versus important thing isn't it so yeah definitely and brilliant i I won't i won't sort of draw it out any longer just thank you so much for that i think i wanted to give maybe our watchers and listeners uh, a flavor uh, of you know this is particularly for a book but i know you help people with other forms of content and you can help people get unstuck if they're blocked. You can help people make a start by following the structures that you have. You probably have other 
ways in which you can help people. Perhaps just to, would you summarize maybe how you can help people and how people could get hold of you if they're interested in that? Yeah, absolutely. I'd be delighted to. So I can help people with, with their general business content um, or, with, um, or with their book writing. Um, and it's all about not feeling overwhelmed anymore and finding um, a, a path ahead so you can actually make progress so it's breaking it down into manageable chunks it's it's me giving people the structure and tools to actually get stuff done um and also some support and accountability which uh <laughs> more carrot than stick but um i think it is it is important um so yeah so people can either find me on linkedin uh, it's helen pollock um or they can check out my website which is www.thecontentdoc.com and on linkedin i often share um tools worksheets loads of good stuff to help people um write better i can vouch for that you absolutely do and uh, i know you've got other you know you can even help people who just don't even want to write it for themselves i know that you you do that too so um it's been brilliant thanks for taking me through that process i you know um you were gentle with me um, <laughs> oh. I, know you, I know you could have taken me further into certain areas but um i've got some really good takeaways there so thanks for the free coaching um <laughs> <laughs> but uh, thanks for joining me again as ever helen it's great to to see you and uh, for all the sharing for our community hopefully they've got some good good content out of that too which they can uh, take away and apply for their own businesses oh thank you so much for uh, for inviting me and yeah i hope people find it useful Bye for now. Bye-bye, Helen. Bye-bye. Well, <laughs> that was really interesting um, to go through that process with uh, with Helen. Uh, you know, it's kind of weird, you know, because I, as the uh, the host of this particular podcast, I'm used to being in control. Uh, I'm used to being the one asking the questions. I'm used to be the one having the tools to record the uh, recording, etc., record the conversation. And uh, that wasn't the case here. So I was kind of feeling a little bit out of my sort of familiarity zone, not necessarily my comfort zone. Um, so yeah, that was interesting, but we had a lot of fun and I hope you got some merit, uh, not just out of this week, but uh, last week as well. So the, the purpose of really sharing this was that I know a lot of people, uh, even if it's in a small way, um, you know, trying to create some kind of personal presence, personal branding, whether it's on social media or, or other platforms. So I just thought I'd introduce a topic really. Uh, talk, you know, the first part was, you know, more generically. In the second part, I was talking about some of the things that maybe I'm planning to do. Um, now, everyone's different. I think that came out probably in the conversation with Helen. So one of the first things that she does is trying to find out where people are at to begin with. So, and, and in fact, after the conversation, I, I just checked in with her and says, well, you know, that was, uh, how did that go for you? And she said, well, <laughs> it was really difficult because in a sense, she had to condense um, quite an elongated coaching program into kind of half an hour or so. <laughs> and um, in fact, she subsequently written me a note, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, just to explain, she said for, for for the book coaching program that she does, it normally takes place over three months and the six one hour coaching sessions of up to two hours um, and up, sorry, and up to two hours of manuscript review by Helen, which uh, which goes along every month alongside uh, 18 email resources. So 
I think, you know, it's a false picture, really, for her to get, talk me through um, that kind of long process in, for, you know, 30 to 45 minutes, which is what we had together. So she does also have a, uh, a sort of a one-hour Get Unstuck express call, and um, participants just need to fill out some information in advance of that um, to help make the most of the time, obviously, and get maximum value. Um, there's, a, there's a schedule that she shared with me. I'll put it in the show notes so you can link up to that. And um, I don't know the price off the top of my head, but what she has said is uh, for the uh, express call, she's very happy, Helen is very happy to give listeners a 25% discount uh, using the discount code FIRSTAID at the checkout. First Aid, so capital F, uh, First Aid, capital A, but it's all one word written as one word. So I'll put that in the show notes as well. And uh, the giveaway that she mentioned is called, um, oh, it's a, it's, a, it's a social media, um, what am I trying to say? It's a social media calendar or a scheduler that we talked about as one of the tools that uh, she uses. So that, uh, she shared that with me. So just get in touch if you'd like a copy of that. Uh, it's just a way to keep tabs really on what you're doing. And, um, and then you can sort of schedule, you know, repurposing uh, or repeating uh, posts and, and that sort of thing in the future. So hopefully you got a, a lot out of that over the uh, last couple of weeks. Um, content sharing, you know, developing a personal brand, it's uh, very much in vogue at the moment. Um, you know, obviously in this sort of digital age, people have got a, a, a profile and a presence. Um, be yourself, I guess, is the only thing I'd really add to, to everything that we've been saying. Just be authentic, be true to yourself, and uh, you'll eventually attract the right sort of people towards you because I genuinely believe like attracts like. But there we go. Hopefully I've covered off everything. If not, I'll try and make uh, a reference in the show notes. So if you visit the, the website, thepropertyvoice.net, you'll see all the show notes. There'll be a transcription of this in there as well, uh, which I referred to once or twice. And uh, indeed, if you want to talk about anything from today's show, podcast at propertyvoice.net, drop me a line and uh, I'll introduce you to Helen if you don't have her contact details, but she mentioned them in the the interview that we had, the discussion that we had, and I'll put them in the show notes as well. But basically, Helen Pollock on LinkedIn and thecontentdoc.com are the best ways to reach, as she said. So there we go. I'll leave it at that. If there's anything you want to talk about, as ever, drop me a line. But I guess all that's left to say is thanks very much for listening once again this week. And until next time on the Popsy Voice Podcast, it's Ciao Ciao. Thank you for listening today. Now head over to thepropertyvoice.net for more inspirational content and get updates through our mailing list. Join us next time on the Property Voice Podcast. And if you enjoyed the show, please don't forget to rate us on iTunes.